0: Hi everyone, welcome to this week's research review where I looked at the paper by Chris Napier and uh, Rich Willey uh, from 2018 looking at logical fallacies in the running shoe debate. This is a really interesting paper because what they highlight is that despite a lot of um, commentary and discussion about footwear and footwear prescription, we really don't actually have a lot of evidence to uh, guide footwear prescription. And a lot of the uh, ways that we prescribe footwear aren't not only based in evidence, but are often influenced by logical fallacies. So the traditional way that we prescribe footwear, uh, which was uh, for the last 40 years based on foot morphology, so high arch, low arch, normal arch, and matching features of a shoe to that uh, foot morphology, it was based around this idea that that would reduce running-related injuries, It's really based on the idea that someone's foot posture will directly um, relate to how they move, how they walk, and that will then directly relate to their development of injury. What we know now is that, well, one, we don't have any evidence to show that footwear uh, works in preventing injury, but we also know that foot posture and foot morphology doesn't have a direct link to uh, injury risk. So immediately the major tenant of footwear prescription, uh, which is uh, matching a shoe to foot morphology, doesn't make sense because we haven't actually shown the thing that it's based around, which is that foot morphology relates to injury. There's been a lot of other um, guides uh, or, or paradigms for how we prescribe uh, footwear. So the most prominent other one that I've come across and that they comment on is comfort. So the idea of picking a shoe that's most comfortable and that would be the one that reduces injury. And what we've found is that that also doesn't have a lot of evidence either. It's, it's a nice paradigm and I think there's there's something to it because if someone is uncomfortable in their shoes, are they going to wear them? Or are they going to, to run in the most uh, efficient way? Probably not. That being said, there isn't a lot of evidence around that either. So they point out that we shouldn't be quick to replace one unevidenced or or, or a paradigm that has a lack of evidence for another paradigm that has an equal lack of evidence. So really, what do we do with this information? And I think that what they highlight um, when it comes to prescribing shoes is really useful and really the big two tenets when you would change someone someone's shoes uh, that they highlight are when you want to increase performance because lighter footwear uh, has been shown to increase performance and also when you want to change biomechanics. And this is where it gets a bit more interesting because we do have more inf- information uh, and more research showing what are the effects of certain features of shoes Uh, and their effect on biomechanics and so it's a little bit more nuanced but if you're having someone who is having a knee injury or an ankle injury we know that we can alter uh, different shoe drops that will influence mechanics so they either uh, they move a load from one area to another This can sort of shift load either towards an injury and that's what we'd want to avoid uh, and change the prescription or um, we can prescribe a shoe that then essentially shifts the load away. So one of the key considerations for why footwear prescription may not prevent injury is that really it's about shifting load, not exactly getting rid of it. And when we're shifting load, um, it has to go somewhere else. So it might be influencing whether an injury occurs somewhere else. We don't actually know, but that's one of the key factors They highlight that if we're not sure what uh, shoe we should prescribe or whether we should change it at all. Um, So some patients can often be quite reticent to change shoes. Uh, Gait retraining as an alternate to changing biomechanics might be a solution, especially if you're looking for something in the short term. So many conditions, patellofemoral pain syndrome, being sort of a classic one or Achilles tendinopathy, may only require short-term change before we move back. So to, to the original shoe or a similar shoe, prescription than they have so gait retraining might be a step in between. I think what they haven't highlighted in this paper that that seems logical is replacing shoes after they're worn so we know that there's a lot of um, research around that the house shoes and the materials essentially wear out and that the when we would probably be looking at replacing the shoes is going to be um, when we know that they've reached a certain mileage. Exactly when that is, we don't know. And I know Ian Griffiths has, has talked about this uh, a fair bit and uh, done a few blog posts as really just highlighting that we don't have a magic number when to throw out a shoe either. So this is not a good paradigm to say, well, they have to be thrown at 400 kilometres or they have to be thrown out at 1,200 kilometres. But it raises our index of suspicion of when we should uh, change a shoe. And ultimately, I think one of the big bits of advice uh, when it comes to footwear, especially with runners, is that we should have more than one pair of shoes, simply because the materials themselves even though they might not be worn out, they do take uh, a period of time after. I think it's generally around 24 to 48 hours to actually respond uh, and return to their sort of full cushioning potential. So having multiple pairs of shoes can actually be incredibly helpful for, for patients to be swapping and changing. They might influence biomechanics differently. So we have lots of different ways that, that people can move throughout the week rather than just constantly repeating one way that their foot uh, potentially influences or guides them towards. And that can be a great way of, of looking at footwear prescription if we're not sure whether changing someone changing their shoes is going to have a huge impact uh, because... We can then say, well, what if we purchase a second set of shoes or a third set of shoes and use that to enter the to the rotation? And we can start to see if this has an impact on your injury, on your pain, on um, whether you start you you continually get get repeated injuries. Because it fits with what we currently know, it makes sense having another pair of shoes. But it also gives us the ability to test and then respond to that test rather than saying to someone, we have to replace all the shoes that you have or you can't wear this shoe anymore because we think it does this because we just don't have the evidence for it. So I think when it comes to running shoes, it is definitely a big... um, ..it's a big uh, disclaimer, really, would be a good way to put it, that we don't know a lot. That being said, you know, when we look at our work with Cause Health, we know that just because we don't know how people react to shoes doesn't mean that they don't react to shoes. So the recommendation I always will give to people is test, try out and respond because if someone's coming in saying, yes, I swapped pairs of shoes and I felt like I immediately moved differently and this caused an injury, just because we don't have evidence to really show that and a lot of the evidence is on a population level, so showing that if we give, like, for example, everyone this one shoe, that everyone will benefit from, from, uh, from that or everyone will have a reduced risk of injury, where some people within that might. Some people might have an increased risk of injury. We're just not sure because everything happens on an individual level with individual factors. So really the footwear prescription sort of guide is thinking about what we're trying to change with biomechanics thinking about what we're trying to to achieve with the shoe and seeing how people respond and then responding back so going backwards and forwards rather than expecting that we can simply prescribe a shoe that's going to be right from the from the get go